Friends, welcome to Word on Fire Catholic Ministries. Word on Fire is an apostolate dedicated to the mission of evangelization, using media both old and new to share the faith on every continent and to facilitate an encounter with Christ and His Church. The efforts of Word on Fire engage the culture and bring the transformative power of God's Word where it is most needed. Today, we invite you to join Bishop Robert Barron as he preaches the gospel and shares the warmth and light of Christ with each one of us. Peace be with you. Friends, we've come to the great feast of Pentecost, one of the really great moments in the um, life of the church, in the liturgical year, the great feast of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And I must say, I've been kind of preoccupied with the Holy Spirit the last several weeks because I've been running all over my pastoral region out here in the Santa Barbara region, confirming young people. I've confirmed, I think, around 1,500 young people now. And so I, I feel this closeness to the Holy Spirit, as I'm now this very unworthy uh, bearer of the Holy Spirit to these uh, young kids. And I want to share with you maybe some of the themes from the sermon I'm giving to these young people on their confirmation. I tell them, first of all, confirmation from the Latin word confirmare means to strengthen. Confirmation is a strengthening sacrament. The Holy Spirit strengthens us. And the church says in three basic ways. First of all, the Spirit strengthens us in our relationship to Jesus. Secondly, in our capacity to defend the faith. And thirdly, in our capacity to spread the faith. Those three strengthenings come from the Holy Spirit. And that's been true from the ancient church to the present day, from the coming of the Spirit on the first apostles to the coming of the Spirit in the sacrament of confirmation. So just a word about those three um, strengthenings. Um, I'm recording these words right now in my office in Santa Barbara, and right behind me is a photograph of Abraham Lincoln. And a lot of you know, maybe from uh, writings of mine and sermons, that Lincoln is a, is a hero of mine. Um, I first, I think, first read a biography of Lincoln when I was about eight, and I've read probably 20 since then. Uh, I could recite the Gettysburg Address to you. I know a lot of the background of Lincoln's moves and presidency, and um, he's a hero. He's a hero. But I never say that I have a relationship to Abraham Lincoln. He's this figure from the distant past whom I admire. But he's not a friend of mine. The same is true, I tell the students of Bob Dylan, who's my musical hero. Of course, these kids I'm confirming now have no idea who Bob Dylan is, but some of their parents and grandparents do. Uh, I first came across Bob Dylan when I was about their age. I was about 14 or 15 uh, when I first discovered Bob Dylan. And, you know, I could pick up a guitar right now and sing all sorts of Bob Dylan songs. Uh, I could recite a lot of his lyrics by heart. He's made a big difference in my own sort of intellectual and spiritual life. Um, I've got his a drawing of him also here in my office. And in fact, he doesn't live that far from where I am right now. He lives in Malibu, which is maybe an hour or so away from where I am. But, you know, I don't have a relationship to Bob Dylan. He's not a friend of mine. I've never met him. He's a figure that I admire. But see, here's the point. I tell the students, and I'll tell all of you, it's not the same with Jesus. Jesus Christ, risen from the dead, is not a distant historical figure. He's not just a great philosopher or teacher whom I admire. Rather, he's a living presence. 
And in fact, I do, as the song suggests, have a friend in Jesus. Push it further, the most important friendship of my life is my friendship with Jesus. Unless you love me more than your mother and father, you're not worthy of me. That's how central our relationship to the living Christ must be. And so the first strengthening of the Holy Spirit is in that relationship, in that friendship. Now, what follows from it is this capacity, this desire, this passion to defend the faith. I pose the rhetorical question to the students, you know, is the Catholic faith under attack today? And the parents start nodding their heads, they know, and, and even some of the kids are aware of that. I remind them that the 20th century, the century we just finished, had more martyrs, more who died for their Christian faith than all the previous centuries combined. And things aren't getting much better in the 21st century, are they? Look around the world, especially the Middle East, especially in Africa, parts of Asia. The most persecuted religion today is Christianity. And I'll suggest these young people, maybe their lives won't be on the line, but, you know, go around the internet world, the world of the new atheism, the world of radical secularism. Is the Catholic faith especially under attack? Well, you bet it is. And so I remind them, to use that old, older language, confirmed people are soldiers of Christ. They have the task of defending the faith when it's under attack. Do they have a soldier's courage? Well, the Holy Spirit is meant to strengthen them in that capacity. Then the third strengthening is in spreading the faith. So here I look up from the students and remind everybody in the church that every baptized, every confirmed person is, by the power of those sacraments, a missionary. The Christian faith is not a private concern, something we hold on to in the intimacy of our own hearts. Rather, the Christian faith is always meant to be spread like seed. We're all apostles, apostelling, to send. We've all been sent out on mission. And so are these young people, strengthened by the Holy Spirit, willing and able to become missionaries of the faith. So those are the three strengthenings involved. And listen, anyone hearing me right now who's been baptized and confirmed, same is true of you. Same is true of you. The same Spirit has given you those gifts. Okay? Now, if those are the three great strengthenings, what do we need? What do we need now? We need what the church calls the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Something I tell the students all the time is that the Holy Spirit never comes without gifts, right? He never comes empty-handed. The Spirit arrives bearing these seven gifts. Now, at this point, I, I always ask them, can they name them? And I must say, it's kind of a mixed bag. <laughs> I think some of the kids will be able to name some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I think it's good for all of us who've been baptized and confirmed to be able to name these seven uh, gifts. Here they are. I'll say just a quick word about each one. First, you get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Next, the great gift of fortitude. Then the gift of counsel. And finally, the gifts of piety and fear of the Lord. Those are the seven. I might invite everybody listening to me, um, go on, on the web and just look them up. Maybe post those on your, uh, 
on your uh, bulletin board if you're old-fashioned or put them on here as your screensaver or something if you're more newfangled. But uh, the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. So I say to the students, look, wisdom, knowledge, understanding. If you're going to be a defender and missionary of the faith, well, you need to know the faith in a pretty deep and searching way. I'll suggest to them, you know, would you even think of going to a physician who stopped studying medicine and anatomy and chemistry when he was 15? I mean, would you, would you go under the knife of a surgeon who said, hey, yeah, I stopped studying you know, surgery and anatomy when I was a teenager? Would you even bring your car to a mechanic who had stopped studying auto mechanics when he was a 14-year-old? Well, of course not. I mean, of course not. We'd want someone with a lot of expertise, right? With a lot of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding of the field. Well, well, what is infinitely more important than our cars or even than our physical health? But our friendship with Jesus Christ, this friendship that we've been strengthened in and now we're meant to defend and spread, that's the most important thing we can imagine. And so we better have a lot of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I then usually look around at these kids and say, let me share with you a kind of disturbing statistic. That for most Catholics, their religious formation and education ends at confirmation. But see see how tragic that is. Yeah, my medical education ended when I was 15. Ended? It should begin when you're 15. It, it should, it, maybe you're, you're inspired to go into it when you're 15, but now it's a lifetime of study to become a great surgeon. Now, a fortiori with the Christian faith. I said, confirmation for you guys can't be the, the end. It's the beginning. When you receive these gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, you're meant to cooperate with them, deepen them, use them. So this is my little speech. As I know a lot of you have heard already about dumbed-down Catholicism. And I tell these kids, I do not want you to be avatars of a dumbed-down Catholicism. But you're going to get these very precious gifts of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. Next, I talk about fortitude, strength, or courage. Okay, you're soldiers of Christ. Defending the faith. What do soldiers need? Well, they do need, especially in our army today, a lot of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. But above all, what does a soldier need? But courage. I talk about those four Mother Teresa nuns who were killed recently in Yemen. Remember, all they were doing was taking care of the, the poor and the elderly and the sick. Many people told them, sisters, it's too dangerous, time for you to leave. But I, they stood their ground like soldiers. And they paid the ultimate price. You know, I, I hope, please God, these kids I'm confirming won't come to that awful moment. But I'll say, will you be belittled for your faith, attacked for it, made fun of, marginalized? You bet. Do you have the courage, the fortitude to stand your ground? Piety and fear of the Lord I talk about. You know, they can sound a little bit fussy and puritanical. But what that means is that God is the absolute center of your life. If you have piety and you have fear of the Lord, it means that wealth, pleasure, power, honor, esteem of others, all the worldly things are not the center of your life, but God is the center of your life. And when you have that clarity, then you become evangelically radiant, don't you? People notice that. They see that in you. And then finally, I talk about 
the gift of counsel. Counsel is the capacity to tell right from wrong, isn't it? Do I take the wide path that many take, a path of selfishness and hatred and violence, or do I take the narrow path, the difficult, the rocky path that few take, the path of selflessness, the path of love and compassion of nonviolence? I tell these kids at 15 years old, you've reached the point in life where you know that you make decisions every day that are shaping the kind of person you're going to be. Counsel is the gift of the Holy Spirit that enables you to make those right choices. But like the other ones, you got to cooperate with this gift, I tell them. It's not just given to you and now you just dumbly have it. No, now you begin to live it and to use it and to cooperate with it. But with those seven gifts, I remind these young people, with these seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, you are strengthened in your friendship with Jesus. You're strengthened in your capacity to defend the faith. You are strengthened in your capacity to spread the faith. Now listen, this is true of every one of us. Everyone listening to me who's been baptized and confirmed, as you receive the Holy Spirit, and we celebrate that today on Pentecost, as you receive the Holy Spirit, he never comes without gifts. He comes to you with the same seven gifts and has for you and for me the same task and the same great responsibility. And God bless you. Thank you for listening to this week's homily from Bishop Robert Barron. For more resources from Bishop Barron, please visit wordonfire.org.